It's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Darren Aronofsky's debut film, 3.14159265358979323843823279502888 or also known as Pi. February is all about the love, and we love you, John Rogers. Thanks for the request. You no trouble. Me you will be a weapon you will be a minister of death praying for war but until that day you are cute sound off like you got a pair yes i was wondering what would break first your spirit or your money you get nothing you lose good day sir god is dead This city is headed for a disaster of biblical proportion. What do you mean, biblical? What he means is Old Testament, yes. Mr. Mayor. Real wrath of God type stuff. Dead fire and brimstone coming down from the sky. Rivers and seas boiling. Forty years of darkness, earthquakes, volcanoes, the dead rising from the grave. Human sacrifice, dogs and cats living together. That's hysteria. Twelve forty-five. Restate my assumptions. Welcome to the podcast. We are your hosts. I am editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight. Uh, I don't know. I'm not going to do anything catchy this time. Cinematographer Jared Callen. Eight four one nine seven one six nine three nine nine three seven five one zero eight two zero nine. He's still seven, going, Brian. Four nine four four nine uh, five broken. nine two three zero seven eight one six four zero six two. He just needed Jill to the head. Zero, how, eight, how big nine, is this six, number that he's reading? Uh, this is pi, bro. Two hundred fourteen digits. Zero three four eight two five three four two one one seven. Someone zero, please nine, reboot seven, nine, eight, two, eight. <laughs> Control alt delete. Control alt delete. <laughs> How you doing, Brian? Holy crap. Now that the computer overlords have given us Jared back. 3282 The DP. Mike Griggs. Hello. Oh, that was nice. That was, that was nice and short. You're not, gonna, you're not gonna say your name in binary? I'm disappointed. I was reading pie. I only speak in hexadecimal. <laughs> When we have costume designer Kristen Jones with us. Hi, hello. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, here we are talking pie. Who, uh, who, who, uh, who picked this? Who, who was John the Rogers? Faithful listener, John Rogers. All right, so we have John to thank for this. Thank you. How you doing, John? Yeah, thank we you. we appreciate well, this. He recommended it. Someone else had to actually decide to pick the recommendation. Just, just saying, you can't, you can't put it all. We picked it. it because we love John. What the fuck, Griggs? John was here before you, sir. So John gets a chance to pick. And he'll probably be here after the podcast film. (laughs) Does that mean you're quitting? No. No. Okay. Damn. 
It's going to keep you in suspense. We're going to have more exciting things. Yes, especially next month. But that comes later. The first pie. Yeah, Always start with pie. <laughs> wait, no, wait. That, no, no. It's a dessert. It's supposed to be at the end of the meal. So, so let's go and get this out of the way. What's everybody's favorite pie? <laughs> Dutch apple, mm. right? Really? Yeah, man. Dutch apple. No. Pecan pie. Oh. Mm. Mm. It's very sweet, but I like it. What about you, Kristen? Yeah, I would have to say apple with uh, Gruyere baked into the crust. Oh, shit. So you're not one of those people who put the the cheese on there. People put, like, uh, they totally put cheese on their pie. Oh, and I've always heard people put cheddar, and I never really appreciated that until recently when I upped my cheddar game, and I'm like, this is worthy of a pie. Like, I would put that in a pie. (laughs) I thought, yeah, I thought I was buying good cheddar, but no, I was not. I was not. People put American cheese on pie. On yeah, pie. don't do that. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. That's not worth it. <laughs> well, uh, my favorite pie is 3.14159265358979328. If Radioland could see all of the foreheads <laughs> in hands right now. <laughs> we don't, we don't I, need to find a pattern or continue a pattern here, Jared. I, <laughs> I'm looking for a pattern in the, in the pie. But no, actually, um, I really like a good chocolate pie with graham cracker crust. Ooh. But also apple pie is good. Soup. I don't know. I like every pie. What, what, yeah, what, you what, can't what, go wrong with yeah, pie. You can't pie hate. Well, unless it's that cherry pie from Starman. Well, fuck that pie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was cobbler, right? Oh, it was a cobbler. Was cobbler. <laughs> yeah. they, they wanted pie. That's right. When you want pie and you get Dutch cobbler. apple pie. <laughs> fuck that cobbler. My wife made it this morning. It was called Distraction Cobbler. My bad. <laughs> distraction Cobbler. Oh, my gosh. I feel like Just that's what this whole it. intro is. Distraction Cobbler. Oh, wait, wait. We're talking about something. Oh, that's right. Pie. <laughs> what did you guys think of this movie? Anybody? Anyone? Anyone? <laughs> okay, so my, my legit first reaction, uh, I just watched it for the first time. Um, for some reason, I, I did not look closely at the date. I swore it was 1988 for some reason and then the music comes on and I was like man this is some 98 shit right here and then like 20 minutes in I looked it up again I was like oh okay alright okay the moral of the story is read a little bit closer before you start watching it. no Greg you, you don't do anything you go in cold um sometimes yes <laughs> most of the time yes I prefer that I, I did like the uh, electronic music in this it really like kind of like it really fit, you know. It, it helped the, the craziness, the disjointedness, and it's kind of um, computery, yeah. Especially with with the rhythm, it's like double fits. Yeah. No, Clint Mansell, all his music's fucking amazing. Like, oh my god. Of course, I think uh, his like most well known soundtrack was Aronofsky's next film, for Requiem for a Dream. Like, oh my gosh, that was everywhere. It's been in every student film ever. <laughs> <laughs> At least the trailer. <laughs> ass to ass. You know what I'm talking about. Well, they used it in one of the Lord of the Rings trailers, too, man. Did they? Yeah, I think it was Return of the King. Or maybe oh, wow. Two Towers. It was one of those, man. <laughs> that was somebody just going, you know what we should use? <laughs> <laughs> we have the money. Yeah, they could actually do it right, you know. Wait, what do you mean do it right? What I mean is, like, they could actually do it, not just, like, throw it in their stupid short film, uh, you know, because it's oh. cool. You know what I mean? Do it legally, I think <laughs> legally. is the word you were looking there you for. Go. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I, thought, I forgot we were comparing it to student films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, this does have some uh, very student film, film school moments. Yeah, I felt that for sure. 
I mean, I, I do like it, like a lot of it, but there is some like I don't know. There's just some shit you can tell. They're just kind of throwing on the wall to see if it sticks. Like what? Well, yeah. like okay, like most of the movie, um, you know, like uh, mo- most of it's almost kind of like from Max's perspective until they just can't figure out how to get the angle to work right, and they'll just be like, ah, fuck it, we'll just put it here. It looks cool. Uh, like when he's running, um, like, and, and I know running action scenes in a low budget movie, that's hard. And, you know, these guys didn't have permits, so they're running through the streets of New York, you know, popping shit off real quick. Just doing this with the camera, just spinning it in circles because the whole thing's a circle. Yeah, man. It, <laughs> spiral, bro. Spin, spiral the camera. And you, you just can't see what the hell's happening. You can't make out, like, where anybody is in the frame. It's just like, ah, I guess it's cool. The music's cool. It's like some blurry shit on the frame yeah <laughs> hey the snorri cam was cool though oh yeah no that's totally great. yeah there was there were some legit snorri cam shots which they even credited the snorri brothers at the end of it which is super fun and you should guys go should go check out the snorri brothers instagram page it's sexy they're doing some cool stuff fun fact not actually brothers really yeah they're just two dudes from iceland that both have to happen to have the same last name According to Wikipedia, which, is that you know, true? Who can trust the like, internet? How many snorries are there? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, they came up with a really cool camera attachment. In yeah, Iceland, it's the same as Smith here. <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you turn around is another snorri. Like I can't do in Iceland. <laughs> Icelandic accent. It was good oh. enough. Yeah, I'm trying. It worked for me. I mean, I was like, yeah, sure. Totally. <laughs> I don't know. They they established pretty early on that this character is not only um, on the edge mentally, on the edge of genius versus madness, but like physically going through some pretty serious pains with those flash things, whatever they are. Uh, so it it felt like most of the movie was an expression of that, and in, in the sense of like, is this shitty madness filmmaking, or is this actually genius filmmaking? Or are we just trying to make you also feel what he is so clearly feeling and disoriented? And like every time he would have like those headache flashes and he would, they would, the sound effect was just so, uh, so perfect. It was so grating and like just made me feel like I was like, yeah, don't watch this movie with headphones because you will get the headaches. It made my dog leave the room. (laughs) I I believe that. Yeah, the, the high-pitched stuff kept going, and my dog was, like, asleep on the ground, and he, like, looked up, and he, like, cocked his head like they do, and he was like, fuck this, and he got up and left, and I was like, I get it, Boomer. I understand. Yeah. No, I, I think it's a little bit of everything that you say, uh, Griggs. I mean, like, you know, it's his first film, and it just like Brian says, there's some, like, student filmy shit, but every now and then, man, it just lands, and I'm like, wow, this is really solid. This is, this is really good. It's interesting that it's it's in black and white and, and the, you know it's all overexposed and it's noisy and the camera's total shit, but th- there's little strokes of genius here and there. Do, do you think that it was shot black and white just to save money, or was that actually a decision made? You know, I was wondering. I, I didn't get too. a chance yeah. to listen to the commentary or anything. Oh, I don't know what they think, but I'll tell you that I think. <laughs> 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 uh, no, I think. It, it should have been done on purpose. I thought the high, especially the high contrast black and white was very indicative of his headspace and how he really is so black and white in his thinking and he's so obsessive and he can't really see like the shades of gray and the color and everything. He's just so focused on what he's 
trying to discover the, the meaning of the universe or so, sort of the key, the key to the name of God. Yeah. But like, also <laughs> like he's going to understand the stock market. So like, what are you doing here? Kid? Like, come on. Like he's trying to find the pattern in the stock market. Right. But like, so you can like get all of the money or like, you want to like be closer to God. Like what's going on? Like, I don't buy he's that. He's not interested in money. The he's stock market in thing was intrigued. super interesting because there was, there was a really interesting line about like, it is it is the most complex things the most complex thing that humans have created in in mathematical patterns and and because it's it spans the world and controls the entire economy if i can figure out this pattern then that would be just like figuring out all of humanity and the patterns of all of humanity Some, something along those lines yeah it's interesting the meaning of life um, guys but i feel like i don't know i almost feel like I almost feel like it's too simplistic, and I, I really appreciated, I mean, in terms of the stock market and all of that, like, I understand what they were doing with, like, the, the spiral and the mathematics, and, like, I buy all of this, and, like, I mean, I'm willing to hear you out if you think you have a pattern for the stock market, but, like, I, I, I feel like that was where, that was, that was, every time he got, like, one of the headaches is because he was going too far down this path. I feel like there are enough conspiracy theorists here would say, oh, well, he's getting the headache because he's getting closer and closer. But, like, I don't think that's it. Like, that's why he took a drill to his head. Like, that's not a way to live, you know? And so, and go but back to that, the black and white, I think that's how he sees his life. And I think with the, with the camera movements and how you can't really see anything and, like, uh, I think that's all done on purpose. Maybe they didn't have any money, but like, I still think it was done on purpose to show how he can't really function in this world because he's so obsessed with this thing. Yeah. Obsessed is definitely the word. This is an obsessive movie. Well, yeah, that's what the whole, for sure. The whole film's about. That's what the, you know, the more, like every, everybody that's searching for something, they're, they're all going crazy, and if they, if they keep looking, they're all going to die eventually. Like whatever this right. knowledge is, is going to kill them. Uh, right. But I, I was listening to the uh, the audio commentary, and the uh, Aaron Arsky was actually uh, talking about um, Sin City as being an inspiration. When you were talking, Christian, about like that lack mm. of gray, like that's one thing that he really liked in that graphic novel. It, you know, it wasn't a film yet, but just those pictures. He's like, I like how it's just black and white. He's like, I don't want to see this gray, and let's get rid of as much of that as we possibly can. And they shot it on um, black and white reversal, which you know it, it does cost uh, it costs less because you, I think you don't have to you don't have to expose a negative. It shoots actually on the print, so I mean you still have to expose it, but there's no negative. It's a positive, exactly. That's weird. So they're saving uh, money. Well, well, hold on, that's interesting because. Wasn't the very last scene like that? Wasn't the high contrast? It was still black and white, but wasn't there more gray in that? Where he's like, the little girl asks him a, like a math question, and he's like, "I don't know." I think that's because they're shooting in the daylight versus uh, all that stuff that's really, really high contrast. If it's outside, it's usually at night, or it's on set in the apartment. Yeah, but also he's not obsessed anymore, and so they're introducing like the sh- the gray into it. Yeah, I, I feel like that gray is like. It's even out there, like when he's throwing away the the code the first time he gets it oh, in the dumpster right. can. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It's just kind of okay. like all that outside stuff, kind of. Although I do like it when it, the camera's actually attached to him, and he's like walking around Chinatown. There's like somewhere he's doing it, like where he's like, "Oh my gosh, the people are following me," and he's getting all that crazy <laughs> paranoia about him. Um, I, I like that way that looked. I, I thought that was great. I'll say I saw I've seen this one before. I saw this in college, and I didn't really like it then. 
and I had a new appreciation for it this time because the person I watched it with wanted to watch it to kind of see if he could understand the meaning of the universe. And I was so, when I was watching this movie the whole time, I thought that's kind of what it was, was figuring out the key. And I was like, this is so dumb. Like this, it's just not gonna work. And so when I watched it this time around, I realized that it was actually more about madness and mental illness and obsession. And it made me have like this huge new appreciation for it because yeah, I originally, I just thought it was about like some guy trying to like, like discovering that like math isn't everything and i was like who doesn't know that like why are we watching this movie <laughs> you're late to the party pal everything is connected everything's connected through spirals even on uh the second time i saw it like um the uh i, I like the guy who throws the uh, little paper airplane or the little it kind of flies around it's got wings and it goes around. oh yeah it, yeah but it actually makes a spiral, it makes a circle, and it comes back to him. You're just looking for it, Jared. You're just... It's all, it's, it's all in there, man. It's all in this film. <laughs> if, if, if I tell you to look for spirals, Jared, you're going to see spirals everywhere, okay? <laughs> 22. I, I was just thinking that we should call this podcast the Spiral Podcast from now on, okay? Oh, you know what? Uh, you know how last time, yeah. last episode we were talking about the, the uh, 44 on... Um, uh, oh, Nicholas on the t-shirt. Nicholas yeah, Cage's yeah, yeah. t-shirt. Yeah. That, yeah. Do you think that was the Hebrew uh, man and wife? Whoa! The, when they take the Hebrew names and they the man is like three, and then the woman's uh, what was it? It was uh, forty-one, right? And it, together it equaled forty-four. Do you think that's what they were trying to do in Mandy? It could be. It could be. I hope not. That's dumb. <laughs> Numerology. <laughs> I was like, oh, hey, look at that. It's connected. All our movies this month are connected. Okay, so this is, oh, wow. this is my thing. I kind of agree with the old man, the mentored, like, go player, whatever. Because, like, if you want to go down this rabbit hole, you can go down it. It goes down very, very deep. Like, there's not an end, and you can drive yourself crazy. Like, at some point, you have to be like, okay, we're not going to connect any more dots. This is it. <laughs> and you have to do that for yourself and for your own sanity. Oh, that's really true. Yeah, the, the human capacity to find patterns in actual, like, randomized chaos is just unmatched. It's quite astounding how, how, how we can manufacture patterns. Where there aren't any. Well, I mean, clearly yeah. there are. We find them. There are, though. <laughs> I mean, haven't you seen this movie? <laughs> I was trying to find it again, but I, I was reading somewhere that uh, that basically the uh, the 216, uh, the number he's looking for, if you look that up in the Bible or whatever, it actually equates to 666. <gasps> it's the fucking Satan? Yeah, so he's no, actually like, searching wait a for minute, Satan because in time. It, Hold on, if you if we're going down the numerology path, isn't there something about how like the six 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 was like some I don't know something something something, but like the bad number is actually like six one six or something? Do you know what I'm talking about? Hold on, I'll look it up. Six one six. Man, you yeah. guys you guys lost me with all your devil worshiping talk or whatever you guys are Dude, doing. Dude, they talk about shit like this on Twitter like all day long. Like I don't know how you missed it. <laughs> Okay, so the number Max is searching for is 216 digits long. 216 is 6 times 6 times 6. 666 is the number of the beast, according to the Book of Revelations. <laughs> All right. So here's... This is true. Um, so it's saying that in Revelations 13, 18, whatever... 
666. But when you look at the earlier papy the papyrus, it's, it's 616, and that's where that comes from. Just so everyone knows. Yeah, this, the 666 was actually a uh, transcription error. In, in, was, the, in, the, in the Holy Bible? Oh, yeah, no, because the book was written by, like, dozens of people over hundreds of years. Transcription errors are. So how can we trust anything rampant. it says? Well, man. you can't. I mean, honestly, <laughs> it's very helpful well, as metaphor and as truth for it, you, you know. To, that's a whole you, different conversation. You know that circle that's supposed to be the mark of the beast. That's the six six six. It's also kind of a spiral when you put it in there. That circle with the what? What are you talking about? Some, I don't, I don't, know, I don't know what this? you're talking about with that, but I will say that the devil card <laughs> and the tarot card. And, and tarot. <laughs> it's actually really interesting because you have the two people; they're being tortured. But if you look at them, like they could easily, like they're not chained up; they could just easily, like take, like walk away. And it's about the devil card is actually about how like we punish ourselves. What? Bring fuck? it back, Brian. We punish ourselves. <laughs> I don't even know what's going on right now. I can't believe all, all the crap that you guys just pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me, let me send this to the group here. Oh, my God. Ooh, this is impressive. All right, so look at that. I sent you the 666. If you just type into Google 666 circle, you'll find this, uh, listeners. There you go, guys. It just hit. Hit your phones. <laughs> I don't even have a phone in here. It also looks like 999, just to be fair. But. Oh, if you put sixes and you rotate them so that they equal a circle, now I understand yeah. what you're talking about. A lot of people about. like but take that's that just a graphic design. That's not like a thing. This. Yeah, is this like a graphic really? design of like the uh, devil no, so, or something? No, no, no. <laughs> no. It's a graphic design for the devil. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you do? Oh, I'm the uh, personal graphic designer for Satan. Uh, oh, look, <laughs> everybody needs to, to have a crew, okay? No, normally you, know, his, you would see, his normally his you would see like, was rough last year, so he hired no, me. <laughs> Normally you would see it like that, which is a Japanese symbol, but it's got the six 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 in it, or so people say. Oh, people! Tr okay, that's some bullshit. Wait, so this, uh, this is Japanese? You're, this, no. It looks like it just looks like commas. This, I don't, I don't buy it. Well, all sixes or nines look like commas, really. Well, hey, stop with your satanic. Which is also, design, right? which is also the spiral, if you think about it. Okay, sixes so the spiral was different than just. A circle. The spiral is. Oh, what? The, I forget what it's called. No, you got. You got to think about the gold. The golden. The golden spiral. The, gold, the golden ratio. The go, which yeah, the creates ratio, a spiral. Yeah, but it, but it flares a, out wide at the end like that six or that nine. <laughs> <sighs> Man, guys, this film has been making me go crazy. I'm seeing spirals <laughs> and sixes and nines and everything. I've been listening to a lot of sixteen by nine. That guy, rapper guy, <laughs> kind of losing my mind. <laughs> but he's always got my favorite ratios. Uh, wait, no, he doesn't. I don't like that. Oh, wait, that's no, not no, my no, favorite no, ratio. No, no. Oh, man. Next, Next Jared is going to uh, review the number 23 with Jim Carrey. I was actually going to bring that up. Oh, no. Why? Why would you bring that movie? That that movie's horrible. Be because it kind of it kind of plays on this a little bit. Or it kind of plays on this. Yeah. What? It because what? the guy's obsessed no, with the number? The guy is go 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 obsessed with the number. Oh, yeah. okay. That's a real thin connection. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thin line. The thin red line? I haven't seen it in a long time, though, so I don't really know. Doesn't he have people coming after him, or is he just... I don't know, man. I, I just remember, sort like, of he's got long hair, really. and he's like, yeah, I, may, I may have killed Virginia Madison, I may not have, but she's my wife, so <laughs> who knows? 
Whoa. Uh. I don't know. I saw it in the theater. It was very, very mediocre. Some trippy spoilers. I don't. Yeah. I don't think. No, that's not. <laughs> that's some lifetime spoilers. <laughs> the the E True Hollywood Story spoilers. Oh my goodness. Is it break time here? This is what happens when I don't write notes, Brian. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, man. I just. Oh, I laughed so hard. My brain. Twice. It's just kind of blank right now. You know, I could go back to uh, to zero nine three eight four four six zero nine five five zero. All right. Uh, so Jared's telling me it is definitely time to take a break. Five three five nine four eight. I'm oh, sorry, zero. They're all running together. I'm, I'm getting lost in the pattern. <laughs> We're gonna play the trailer for Pi, <laughs> and when we get back, uh, hopefully, uh, Jared will have gotten to a conclusion. I don't think you can get to the end of it, no, Brian. Oh, it's endless. Nine four zero eight one two eight. Four eight one one one. The pattern That's is full. There's a one 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 right there. I'm seeing Those a lot of twenty threes in numbers. this too. Oh really? Six 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 is is the devil, one, and one he found, one one. He is found the, one two one about five different times in that two hundred six. I'm sure that means number, something. So. Let me look it up. He, he circled it. <laughs> What's the triple one? <laughs> We're going to break for real. We'll be back. When I was a little kid, my mother told me not to stare into the sun. Max Cohen is searching for order in a world of chaos. Okay, 352,181. Everywhere in nature. His discovery will uncover truths we cannot understand. Oh, sent to us from God. Unravel mysteries we thought were impossible. This is insanity, Max. Or maybe it's genius. And unleash an evil we never expected. You are only a vessel of our God. You are carrying a delivery that was meant for us. It was given to me. Artisan Entertainment dares you to go on a journey into the mind of a genius who will push the limits of your imagination to unlock the secrets of the universe. So close. Critics are calling Pi mesmerizing, brilliant, fascinating, and a five-star achievement. Winner of the 1998 Sundance Film Festival Directing Award. It's a dead end. There's nothing there. It's a door, song. You taught me that. Pi, a film by Darren Aronofsky. It's just a number. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, we're not welcome to the podcast. We're back. That was the trailer oh, shit. for Pi. Well, it's all a circle, Brian. It's all a circle. <laughs> it's a pattern. The ring is like a circle. Oh, yeah. that's the wrong movie. Sorry. It's a spiral. It's not a circle. Hello. Well, it'll come back around eventually. <laughs> oh, that was a terrible trailer. Did not like that trailer. Really? Yeah, it did not do it for me. Hmm. I thought it was selling it pretty well. Oh, do you? Yeah, what was wrong with it? You didn't like that 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 uh, narrator guy? Yeah, it made, it made the movie look really, like, just really crappily pretentious. Like, just... Pretentious it, is the right word. I would let's have to isn't agree it with that. I mean, isn't yeah. the movie pretentious? I don't I'm know. I'm not looking at that as a bad mm. thing. Like, I enjoy very pretentious things. I'm just saying, like, I think the movie's a little pretentious. I think, to me, pretentious is the line between something that is is eagerly attempting to be something... And something that thinks it is that something. I definitely think I'm that something. Like the fog, the frogs uh, (laughs) falling down from the sky in Magnolia. 
is some pretentious shit. No, that was a new plague, Brian. No, it was, it, was, it was pretentious. Yeah. Right? Like, I, I don't feel like any of this is really pretentious. No, the movie does not feel pretentious. The trailer is pretentious AF. No, yeah, I think... I, I totally... I think the movie is super pretentious. Do you really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It, it all seems like it fits, you know? Like, it... I think it works. I'm not hating on it. I'm just I'm just saying that it's pretentious. I guess the only time that it did enter my mind, second viewing, because I, I did enjoy my first viewing uh, more, but watching it a second time, I man, it when, when he's it, it gets very at the the very end when he when he ends up in the white room, he, he's screaming with that last headache, and he opens up the blind, and he's just in the room, just counting down that whatever that two sixteen digit number is, he's just counting it right. down. He's screaming it out. That was a little. That, I, I'll give you that. I really enjoyed. I think I've said this now. This is my third time mentioning this. When he drilled his head to get rid of everything to kill the numbers. I liked that. He used he used numbers to get rid of numbers because he was definitely graphing his own skull based oh. on that uh, that book that he was reading. Look, I mean, if numbers are everything, that's fine, and you can use it. It's just he doesn't want to be obsessed with it anymore i appreciate that he wants the headaches to stop i get that too was the thing on the side of his head only able to be seen by him or could other people have seen that i wondered about that many times and many other situations lots of this movie was like wait is this just in his head is this actually happening none of the characters make a mention of it like you would think somebody would say like oh you got a giant vein in your forehead Oh, no, like, oh, what, what is this? What, you what's this mold on the side of your head? Nobody's going to say that. He, the people he interacts with, though, are so consumed with their own lives and their own obsessions that I don't know that they would really notice. Or if they did notice, I don't know if they would care. The, well, what the, about the, the, uh, Indian, the, the Indian, Indian girl that keeps yeah. trying to give him food? Like, she's obsessed with him. It seems like she at least would be the one to... Was she even real, though? Yeah. Uh, was he she? Ate her, he ate her food. I mean, yeah, he is also hugging her in uh, his apartment, and then she just disappears. So, oh, good point. You know, I mean, like I, I kept, I was like, I don't know if she's like a, a figment of the imagination. Like the only one I felt like that could, like that was real in the apartment was the little girl that comes up at the end. Well, I think, I don't know. I, I assume she was real, but less real in the sense of like he just doesn't care about her and doesn't know know or care when she comes or goes and he sees her as like food <laughs> not like he's eating her this is not that kind of movie <laughs> i know but it was just funny that you said that but like he never really eat. i mean he, he he doesn't really eat it though does he does I he don't know eat what her food i was just i don't know oh does he eat her food i don't know <laughs> yeah. i can't i don't i don't remember i don't them remember being that i remember because he's always turning it down um uh, he drinks a lot of coffee. Yeah. Why is she into him? Is she into him? Or is she just oh, concerned? Oh, fuck yeah, she's into him, dude. Like, she's yeah, just she's giving him goo-goo him. eyes yeah. and shit. Like, he walks out of his apartment, food. and she's like, oh, your hair. What's yeah, going on like, with your hair? You need a mother. I don't <laughs> I don't know. She's got weird, like, sex noises. <laughs> like, oh, mother's hard nipple. and Oh, that. Uh, oh, she was the one that, literally next door making those noises wasn't she okay was she the I one didn't connect sex that, with that was the character that was having sex i mean i assume so that was his that looked like that was his only neighbor right because like there there was no other apartment it was his window because like when he op- he opens up that window that he's got blacked out at the end and that's how he ends up in that white room or whatever hmm. that's the scene that, that changes her character for me if that if that's if that's her interesting 
Wait, how does it change? I don't know. She's like trying to go after him, but she's like banging all these other dudes or whomever in, in that room. Like being all loud and shit. Like what? What is this? What if this is is real? Like he he he's only hearing that when he's getting the headaches. How much no, of her true. is? Yeah. How much of her character like is actually existing and is real? Yeah. And is his imagination? Wow, this movie's making me question everything. I think that's the point. Who am I? Where are we? <laughs> we're just voices floating in the internet, man. We're ones Bro, and zeros. We're just a point on this on the spiral, man. We're just one little. One little like, what's that game that they play with the little like the black and white? Everything's black and white. The movie's black and white. The game's black and white. You're talking about go. binary. Is it called Go? It's called Go. Yeah, it's called Go. It's because when you put one down, you go Go. <laughs> you like, go. My go. You go. Your go. My go. No, it's go? A, yeah, it's your go. All right, all right, just go. That's exactly it. Good job. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> go on. You guys want to talk budget here real quick? $60,000. Uh, well, okay, $60,000 to shoot the movie. The thing I think is really interesting, so the, the whole total is $129,110. Uh, right? uh, but that's because the post-production and the sound actually cost more than, the, than making it. The really? sound was really clean, yeah. It was really clean, except for like the first four or five minutes. They were they were in the middle of a conversation. Like I, I wrote it down. It's at like six thirty five, six thirty eight. The sound goes from like sounds very mono center channel, and then it switches to like a stereo, and like the characters on the wrong side of the stereo field. And I like mm. I had to rewind it because it it threw me off so much. And and you know based on the rest of the movie, I, I was like, okay, maybe that was actually a purposeful choice. Or maybe that was when they started doing something different with the mix or something. I don't Interesting. Know, I wish I'd a, I wish I'd have seen the DVD version because I watched the uh, the um, the one that was on HBO Max, and it makes me think that they did a remix or something. No, dude, that that that's the better copy is the one on HBO Max. Th- this DVD looks like absolute dog shit. It oh, really, really did. All right, I'll go back and watch it on HBO Max then. I, I didn't even see. It. I didn't even think to look for it on there. Honestly, the what um, DVD is what so that? blocky, man. Yeah, blurry. Yeah. It's hard to see shit. Like, oh, just the title cards coming up and how it dissolves. Oh god, what was that budget, Brian? Uh, the production budget was uh sixty thousand nine hundred like something. Uh, total was one hundred twenty nine. Uh, the uh, post was uh sixty eight something thousand, not million, not hundred million, not hundred thousand. Yeah, <laughs> sixty eight thousand, which is kind of so crazy. They, they made it for two hundred and ten thousand two hundred and forty three dollars in today's money. Wait, how much? Two hundred and ten thousand, dude. That's still good, man. Now that's, I'm just thinking that if you, just, I just like to do that to put it in perspective. Yeah. That's yeah. like a, that's like a, that's like a low budget movie of that caliber today. That they, they, they did it, man. That, that's really impressive. You know, that that is something that's kind of interesting. Like, I wonder. I, I don't think he would have shot it on film today. You know, he would have shot it digitally, and that that would have saved him a lot of money, man. Oh yeah, no doubt. Although I'm very snorry cam rental. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah, they'd have got him. <laughs> I I actually like the sets though. I think that the well the apartment set. I really like the apartment set. Are those built? Yeah, the apartment set was built. No way. Really? Yeah, and some that, and some that warehouse. felt like an actual location. Yeah. Well, yeah. they raised all this money, I guess, through like uh, friends and family. Yeah. And yep. all those names at the end in the credits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was, dude. It's like an early Kickstarter campaign. Dude, a hundred percent. Thank That's you. What I was Thank thinking. you. Yep. Thank you. Thank yep. you. Yeah, it kind of was. <laughs> I read that they gave everybody who gave a hundred dollars made back a hundred and fifty dollars, which is oh, crazy, initial, yeah. crazy return on your investment for sure. 
But because the movie make a, was bought for a million dollars. Yeah, if you make a, a movie for a hundred and fifty grand and then you sell it for a million, absolutely you're giving back fifty percent for the people that gave you a hundred dollars for your sixty. I mean, that's yeah, that's that's delightful. Because that keeps all those relationships going. Of like, yeah. So next time you make a movie, you want to uh, keep me in there for that one too. Let's do it. But to put that in perspective. Uh, he made $1.6 million on, on the deal in today's money. <laughs> I mean, it was still a hit, man. That's it, awesome. It made 3.2, and uh, it was released in uh, the widest, I think, was uh, 41 theaters in the United States. So, wow. That did damn good, man. Yeah. Do That's the, the indie dream right there. You, you think this movie would do good if it came out today? No. Exactly as it is? It's, I know it's a different market. Because it's, people hadn't really seen something like this at that time, I guess. So much content, man. Well, I, today, honestly, I th- I think if you updated the script, I feel like the script is super basic when it comes to the whole mathematics and the spiral and the patterns and all of that. I think if you were to update that, I think you could definitely have an audience today. I keep thinking about the the scenes in the subway. What do you think that's going on about? Like the guy with the blood dripping down his arm, and then like the guy he sees on the actual train who disappears, and then the weird brain thing. Um, I loved it. Well, the, the, the guy on the train's like trippy. a spy, right? They explain they explain that. I, I not that could be a delusion of his. Or do you mean the guy with the newspaper? Which guy on the train? Wait, which guy on the train? Was that not the same person who kept popping up? Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, it totally was the guy with okay, the newspaper. Okay, I was like, yeah, I was like, holy yeah, shit, yeah. yeah. Well, and the th- guy then yeah. there was the guy on the train is, but then there's a guy wearing a hat that is yeah, like, and he had blood running down his arm. Yeah, and then like then there's a puddle of blood, and that leads over to a brain on some stairs that he for some reason starts poking with the ballpoint pen. Uh, what? Yeah, in- incites a uh, one of his headaches and the poking of the brain. I thought that was a pretty interesting like visual for for the way he's pushing so hard that he's literally fucking up his own brain trying to find all this stuff so that he's seeing himself in the subway area while he's like trying to move from one thing to another and pushing on his brain then sends him into the spiral. Wait, are you trying to say that the guy with the trench coat and all that was him? Like he was seeing himself? I, so That's I, how I the read first, that. The first yeah, time I, I saw the trench coat, I was like, it, he's going to kill himself. Like, this is this is like a, a flashback sort of thing, and he's seeing himself, like, he's slit his wrists, and now he's on the subway, he's going to throw himself in a train or something like that. Which, you know, lobotomizing yourself with a freaking drill in your apartment isn't that far off from basically killing yourself. Yeah, I thought, I thought all that was kind of like foreshadowing. It was like, um, I don't know, like some part of his subconscious coming through, like, oh, this is what I have to do in order to, to well, stop this knowledge from killing me. I kind of thought saw it, at least the brain and everything, um, as him kind of testing which areas of the brain he needs to drill, which areas of the mm. brain need to be removed. Oh. Mm. I, um, I didn't. That. Yeah, that's kind of how I saw it, and I actually really liked how it was timed with the trains. And this doesn't entirely yeah. make sense, but I, <laughs> when he was doing that and running through the subway station and the blood, like all of that, for some reason it just brought up this memory of me. Uh, there's like I don't even remember which station it is but one of the stations in New York it's like an art installation and uh, like keyboards and so when you walk past it it hits the keys and it plays the piano and so like sometimes when you're waiting for the trains you'll have someone who knows how to play and they'll like bounce around and play a song and anyway I don't know 
because like this has nothing to do with like blood and poking brains but that's i I, (laughs) like that memory like popped back up when i was watching it and i was like yes i buy all of this like this is what new york subways are (laughs) well that yeah the the way that they the pacing and all of those scenes every time his brain is freaking out every time he's getting the headaches and they're flashing stuff like all that worked really really well for me i really loved the way that they used the the sound of the environment with just the cutting was so freaking good in those in those sections where you felt the chaos that's happening in him and around him uh, it was just really really well done that makes me think like did they re-edit this film after it was bought or are we looking at what and they just cleaned it up i think or is this the uh, is this the edit i yeah i think this is the edit wow that's amazing dude they're coming in like under an hour and a half. Uh, yeah, it's like 84 <laughs> minutes or yeah. something like that. Congratulations. Yeah. You can make an art house movie. Come in at an hour and a half, please. <laughs> oh, it's only 80 yeah. minutes of actual uh, movie. Man. It it's like Man in Black 2. It's like 80 minutes. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> get us in, get us out. Done. <laughs> but this editor, dude, I was I was looking up. I, I was like, I've never heard of this guy. You know, like this guy is obviously like, uh, name's uh, Orin Snatch. <laughs> But like, dude, he he does pie, uh, and then he's got some TV episodes and some some short films. You know, it's just like, wh- what the hell? What 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 is going on here? Uh, he he worked on like Requiem for a Dream. He did the uh, Ellen Burstein's like uh, the show where she's like you know imagining and hallucinating that she's on. He, oh, okay, he, yeah. He cut those scenes together, but dude, that's it. That's like hmm. this is really well cut. Like when, when Max is like leaving the apartment, and the way like he he, he just goes through, and we cut through like all the different chain locks real quick, and then that final yeah. big lock, yeah. and you, he's setting all that stuff up for that sound. So you hear that, and then you hear the door open, and of course they're always talking about doorways in this movie. I just I thought all that stuff was amazing. How is this guy not fucking just working his ass off? Blows my mind. Well, maybe cutting this movie made him go crazy. And then all that <laughs> shit he did. He was too obsessed with cutting yeah. it. Yeah. Because he had to do those door scenes like 15 times. I'm looking for the perfect edit. Yeah, yeah, he's probably still editing this movie. He still he closes his <laughs> eyes and he sees the door locks. And then the tree spinning around. And he's like, open eyes. I can't do it. I can't do it. Poking my own brain here. Darren, Darren, I got the perfect version of pie. I got it down to five minutes. It is excellent. And you watch it in one of those Fisher Price things that like watch it in a circle. So you hit the button and it spins to the next frame in, a, in an endless circle. Oh man, what is that thing called? I don't know. The viewfinders. Yeah, the Fisher Price viewfinder thing. It's only like twelve frames. <laughs> We're blending into the art between film and storyboard. <laughs> Guys, I don't have anything else in my notes. Wow. Anybody get anybody get anything? Part part of me thinks that it feels appropriate that such a short movie we would also have a relatively short podcast. I'm just just putting that out there. Bro, okay, we must also, hit 2 hours. Yeah, this is this is for the listeners, so I feel like you guys need to come up with something else to say. We love oh, you, John. Damn. Thank you. Kristen has spoken. <laughs> Apparently, you, Kristen cares more than I do. Is there like a note that we can talk about or something? Uh, John didn't send a note. He just like, oh, also pie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because he wanted us to. Uh, what was it? Gleaming the cube, right? With Christian Gleaming Slater. The cube. John, an impossible film to find. Like, like you know, if you would have gotten this like twenty years ago, maybe. But uh, 
Yeah, before 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 podcast. If you existed. have a John, if you have a copy of this film, um, e- email it to us. <laughs> but no, like ma- uh, mail it to us, and, and we'll, we'll we'll cover it, uh, and we'll send it back. We promise. But uh, yeah, good luck finding it. <laughs> they have them on eBay. If you know you want to you want to drop that forty dollars. Yeah, but there's four of us for a DVD too, man. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, also, I don't have anything that plays DVDs, so what? I can't watch it. I'll give you a DVD player. Yeah, I don't, I don't even understand what you're saying right now, Chris, Kristen. This sounds like... What? Don't if have a DVD you could have seen player? all of our eyes just go really wide at the exact <laughs> same time she said that. Actually, hold on a minute. You got that computer you're sitting at. No, it doesn't have a, a DVD thingy. <laughs> Max what is having... Really? I always thought I heard it spinning something. No, yeah, it's just it's a hard fan. It doesn't... It doesn't <laughs> I know, I'm just fucking with you. <laughs> <laughs> Brian's face right now. Oh, <laughs> he's he's physically hurting from that. I, th- I think we're at ratings here. Yep. Who's we going just first? Keep going in circles. <laughs> it's the pattern of the show. Go first. There you go. Woo. Always. Um, I really liked this film. I didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did, um, just because. I did like whenever I first watched it, like I don't know, ten years ago. I was not a fan, um, but I actually really appreciated a lot of the elements. I thought the high contrast black and white was really great. I really loved the sound. Um, the acting was great. I loved how you're never quite sure what's going on. Um, the whole movie is about obsession and the dangers of obsession. Even though, I mean, like, they have this really great thing where they're like, is it, is it madness or is it genius? And, like, does it matter? Um, I think that's kind of the point of the movie is that it doesn't. And I actually kind of loved at the end how he chooses neither and chooses peace <laughs> and happiness. Um, I thought that I thought it was all really great. Um, that being said, I don't, I mean, I don't know that it was, like, enjoyable to watch. Like, I don't know that I'd watch it, like again in the next few years um but especially for for like a technical rating like the way this film was done was outstanding i would give it a 10 yeah actually i'll just give it a 10 i thought it was great wait wait i have have something to add (laughs) wait i'm gonna I just no. I just remembered. Actually, no. The, the same comment that I made earlier. Um, the the script. I feel like like uh, you know maybe I don't know if it was the time, which was what I guess twenty years ago. Um, but like you know, talking about like the math and the patterns and like I mean maybe I've gone down the the conspiracy theory a bit too much, but I just thought it was like very basic and I like really wanted I felt like they just kind of touched the tip of the iceberg and they really could have shown the the patterns and the obsessions and the the depths that some of this can go to and maybe they thought they would lose their audience. I don't know. I would I'm I'm gonna mark it down for that actually. Um so I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna give it a nine point five. I still thought it was really great. Like, uh, hold on. But what do, you, what do you mean by like the depths it was going to go to? Like, what? no, because they're just like he's like, oh, the universe is comprised of math, and here's the golden ratio, and look, it's on everything. And 
like that's it and they just kind of like give this like very glossy overview like that you could get from like the wikipedia synopsis like you don't even have to scroll down and read the whole article like that's just like the top paragraph and i felt like when you're talking about genius versus madness like you need to to get in there like get, get your hands dirty Kristen, you're missing the point. They kept it under an hour and a half. Well, I know. I like it. It was black part. and white. I God did like it. that. Like, like I said, I liked everything else. A beautiful mind, this is not. <laughs> but It's way better. I, I didn't want to like this movie. Uh, like, you know, I, I saw it back in film school, and it was it was too much for me, for my feeble uh, young film brain, brain, my film brain. Uh, to to understand and so even when uh, we saw this on the list and we chose it I was like fuck I knew we were gonna choose pie god damn it really <laughs> <laughs> out of all these out of all these requests everybody we likes pie. pie man no bro <laughs> everybody loves pie the, this is the pie after the Mandy it's meal it's the American way uh, but uh, you know look it it won me over uh, like I, I started watching and I was like oh here we go. It's, it look look at this terrible film. It looks like shit, you know. <laughs> Just like the whole time, I'm like, fuck this movie. Uh, but you know, this screw won me over. I, I know, I know, but like it. it just it's just like it's just like like we like we've been talking about in circles this entire time in spirals uh you know it, it it's there's there's something cool about it and it, and it, it it's it there's a little more substance than, than than most films like this it, it's it's actually enjoyable to watch it doesn't stick around too long. I, I we didn't even really talk about uh, the voiceover. Like this whole thing is like it's this constant like him kind of talking to himself, and then he he keeps telling the same story over and over again about how it's when a pattern, he was like, bro. oh that's right, there's a pattern in his like thoughts. Holy shit! And he's staring at the sun, which is also a big circle, and then like sends out rays. Oh oh my god! Um, mind blown. Oh uh, yeah, I just I pretentious mind blown. Oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, I think it is enjoyable to watch. I think it's on so many different, like, uh, so many, uh, you must watch this movie before you die. Like, you know, 100 movies to watch before you die. Uh, you know, I, I agree. This, this, is, this is a cool-ass movie. Uh, and it's definitely uh, the start to an interesting, um, <laughs> and, 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 like, this director makes really crazy, weird-ass movies. I mean, Requiem for a Dream, The Fountain, The Fucking Wrestler. Have you seen Black Swan? There's just... It's, it, everything he does is, like, thought-provoking and fucking strange. I think that every fucking kid should have to watch Requiem for a Dream when they turn 13 just so they'll never get into fucking drugs. Like, you know? <laughs> I yes. think that should be mandatory. Absolutely. And, you know? And that's his next film after this one. So, like, we go from a crazy fucking art house, fucking mind-fuck black-and-white film to a really crazy art house in color mindfuck film <laughs> but anyways uh I, I i can't see why you can't give this movie a 10 because it, it it's it's pretty excellent especially for such a young filmmaker at the time ah bring me home bring me home Grigsy. all right i'll bring <laughs> you that, down a little bit give me that six um <laughs> uh, so i feel like this movie is the perfect example of it doesn't matter what the visuals look like if you have really good audio like that here, that here. that is just drilled into every person that i've ever talked to who has done anything resembling film school you, your visuals can be shit as long as you have good audio um this feels like it's just it's just the quintessential of that it costs more to do the audio <laughs> than the movie bro yeah literally <laughs> um that being said, I think the 
I think most of the shitty visuals actually work really, really well for this. Um, like I said earlier, it there the character is going through such an intense, um, visceral experience that we as the audience kind of it, I think it works really well to go through such a visceral experience with them. If he doesn't really know what's going on because he's too obsessed with finding things, I don't find it. I, I find it, it it works really well that we don't always know where he is or what's going on or what we're looking at, and the camera's just always spinning and always moving, and things are always crazy. So I feel like the the directorial choices from that standpoint are are actually quite brilliant. Um, I think Darren Aronofsky definitely toes the line between madness and genius, and I, I for the most part I think he I think he lands a lot of the stuff that he's he's trying to get. The acting in this is is really good. Like there's not really any characters that I don't believe, um, and Sean Goulet just freaking kills it. Like every time he's on he's on screen, which is like ninety five percent of the movie. I really love all of his interactions with with the character Saul, uh, Mark Mogalis. He's been in a ton of stuff, and and I really love him as an actor. I thought those those scenes really grounded the film. I do have to agree with uh, some of what Kristen was talking about. It, it it there's not as much depth as the movie seems to imply that there should be, but it's also 80 minutes. Like you know, you don't necessarily have time to do that. There's enough here that that the dude bros can can wax poetic for a really long time and and get pretentious and be like. Man, I saw this movie and it just <laughs> fucked my brain and this and that and you ever seen pie? Yeah. <laughs> you ever eaten pie, bro? <laughs> I was eating pie and watching pie and bro. Whoa. Wait, hold up. Is that a euphemism? What are we talking about? Yeah, bro. Eat the pie. Experience the pie. So like maybe there's not as much like actual depth as as maybe they thought there was. But I don't ever think that it doesn't necessarily work for the emotional journey that the character's going on. And that's that's really, to me, what, what bumps this up from like a 6 to like an 8.5. Just on that alone. Not I'm not saying my number is 8.5. I'm just saying that's where I'm qualifying it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know where to land on this. Um, I, I liked it more than I thought I was going to based on the first like five minutes. If this this feels like I need I need to rewatch in order to kind of fully appreciate the subtlety and nuance, which feels like a stretch because this movie is just not subtle in a lot of ways. Like it, for a, for a movie that is emphasizing obsession and everything is black and white, and you either doing it or you're not doing it, or you're giving me food or you're a fucking spy trying to work against me. Like, I, yeah, I just I, I need a I need a rewatch on this one. Um, so I'm going to give it a nine based on the fact that I, I, for for a first outing from a director that has gone on to make some movies that I really, really fucking love, I thought this was really, really solid. Nice. You know, Griggs, a nine is also an upside down six, <laughs> which is also a spiral. <laughs> I was going to give it an eight because I was going to talk about it for infinity. Oh, head, fuck, but... man. Wow. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know what number I'm going to give this uh, right away. Uh, I'm just going to talk go, it out. Talk it out. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to start with the bad, and you know, then, then we'll work to the good. Uh, the bad, uh, I hate. I I hate a lot of the acting in this movie. Some of the acting is just goddamn garbage. Just fucking terrible shit. Some of it's really good, but what? some Who, of it. The kid. Uh, what? No, man. What? What? No. 
I mean, who is bad acting in this? Look, dude, even Saul sometimes, like, when he's telling his story about his fucking fish, there's, like, not a beat there. He's just like, hey, were you you talking about that number thing? Oh, hey, let me tell you about Archimedes and this fucking, you see my goldfish over here? And it's just like, (laughs) what the fuck? Where did that come from? That just kind of came out of nowhere. No breath. It was heavy-handed illustration. Come on. That's not what I'm talking about. It's just no breath between our story and this story and, like, the way it's delivered. I mean, maybe that, maybe that, maybe we're blaming the editor here. You know, I don't know, but the, I mean, and I think that's the best performance in the movie. There's sometimes where this guy, our Max character, is in pain. His screaming, I just wanted to laugh out loud. Just like I just, what the <laughs> fuck, bro? Uh, but you know, I mean, it looks great. I mean, I love the dirty cinematography. I think it works really well. The editing works really well. I like the ants and the goo. That the oh, yeah. the machine produces what's his uh, fucking computer called? Um, I forget. I forget what he called it uh, throughout the whole movie, uh, but it's it's got a name like um, U- Euclid or something. Euclid, like that? yeah, I think it's something. Euclid, like yeah, uh, something like that. <laughs> whatever. Well, I'll, I'll take it for the win. <laughs> but I, I just I, I thought that was really just interesting stuff. Like ants is like that's really it, you're looking for order in the universe, and you're you're trying to make it fit mathematically and like the first organism that I could think of like that's alive that could personify that would be an ant you know you just think of nothing but the order there um, and it's interesting how he wants to kill him and then doesn't and well because they're the literal bug in the machine well they are until he the, realizes the personification of the bug that is preventing him from reaching his goal yeah it's just like he hates the goo until he like he gets his microscope yeah. and it's like oh but bro there's spirals in the goo <laughs> Spirals in the cream too. Uh, wait, what? I, that's why. Yeah, uh, is that's why he always cut? put cream in his coffee. Every time yeah, he, he puts coffee, the cream, he's yeah, it always cream Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And every that since I've seen this though, film, right? not cream. Oh uh, well, well, yeah. Well, if you go to First Starbucks, the they still call that cream. Uh, <laughs> mm. If you ask for, yeah. Anyways, fuck them. Uh, <laughs> ever since I've I've seen this film, uh, every time I, I pour cream into my coffee, it, it, I always try to. Try to achieve the spiral. Spiral achieved. You get multi. Spiral achieved. You get multi spirals, right? <laughs> We're spiraling here. We're spiraling to continue. Uh, okay. Anyway, I, I I don't think the action works. Uh, all the action scenes, um, all the running scenes. Uh, anytime somebody's being chased, the two times it happens in the movie, I don't dig it. Uh, I I could just deal with him. Literally being in a synagogue, being in his apartment, being at the coffee shop, and I'm good. <laughs> Don't, don't even need any of that other stuff. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. I guess I, I give it an eight. You know, like, it's somebody's first film. Aronofsky, like, you can see what he's going to do that is really fucking mind-blowingly great with Requiem for a Dream right here. Like, you can see the cuts, the close-ups, the way he's shooting. Like, there's so much early stuff here that you can see. Like, if you're in any way, shape, or f- uh, form a fan of this director, you need to you need to see this movie. Because you can see a lot of early building blocks here in his career, and that, that's pretty cool. How many filmmakers can you say that for? Look, he's an auteur. Pretentious. Uh, <laughs> definition of. And with that, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. You want to get in touch with us? You can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew is spelled C-R-E-W-E. That's right. Extra E at the end of the word crew at gmail.com. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Jared, where can the audience 
follow you. You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, or on Apple Podcasts. My other podcast, Torah Stories. And Grigsy, where can they find you? Uh, I am on the Instagrams and Twitter at Grigsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. And Kristen, where can they find you? You can find me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene, and that's Kristen with the K and an I. All right. You guys can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits, and we're going to close out the show tonight with track number one from the Pie soundtrack titled Pie from composer Clint Mansell. Enjoy. Darren Aronofsky. Oh, for the win. <laughs> so, so proud of you. I just did that so you can use it at the beginning. 1245. Restate my assumptions. Mathematics is the language of nature. It's oh. Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Darren Afronovsky's Darren. How you, sp- how you say his Aronofsky. last name? Darren Aronofsky. Fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's Listener Request Month on the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're talking about Darren Afronovsky. Fuck Aronofsky. <laughs> God damn it! Aronofsky. Aronofsky. Darren Aronofsky's debut film, 3.14159265358979323843287950288 or also known as Pi. February is all about the love and we love you John Rogers. Thanks for the request. I'm just going to put a sound effect while you're reading that number out that just goes, does not compute, does not compute. Darren Aronofsky, Aronofsky. Fucking, I can't say his name. Aronofskies. That's it. You did it that time. Nailed it. So proud of you. Guys, I don't know if that was right. Please start the podcast.